Well, good morning. Great to be with you. As David said, my name is Mike. It is awesome to be worshiping with you today. Um, I just wanted to ask as a question as we start. Has anybody noticed um, that in today's society, um, truth has become a bit of a strange thing? It's become a bit of a subjective thing. Um, With the rise of fake news, um, it's impossible to know what hits our screens is real and what's not real. Um, I've actually been looking into this a little bit, and every major news website now has a whole section dedicated to fake news, just so that we can try and figure out what's real and what's not real. Um, Weather forecast is another one. Um, Who knows what goes on when when people try and tell us what's going to go on in the weather. I don't know about you, but it feels like it's the only profession in which people can just blatantly lie to us and still keep their job. It it feels so strange to me. Um, Diet and health advice, you know, don't eat eggs, do eat eggs, do drink when you're pregnant, don't drink when you're pregnant. Who knows, I've lost track of what is going on with that one. But I'm not pregnant, so it's all right, I'll just just keep drinking. Um, (laughs) Fairy tales that we tell our kids when they're growing up, we ask them to believe in Santa and all these magical things. And when when they get older, we go, oh no, don't believe any of that stuff that we told you. That wasn't true. Now, now, here's some truth. It's crazy. It makes no sense. Um, what will or won't happen as a result of Brexit? I have basically stopped listening um, because one minute the borders are going to be closed, next minute the borders are going to be open. Who knows? I'm just going to wait and see because no one, no one can tell us. Everywhere we look, truth is under question. Truth has become a subjective thing to everybody in society. And it's especially true around issues of identity. So with that in mind, um, I have decided to identify as a green goblin. And I would like all of you to respect that and go with that. And, and while you're at it, if you could ask the operations manager to create a dedicated toilet for the green goblins, because I would, I would just like to use a toilet by myself with other green go- goblins. Everything in society is open to question. It's all subjective. But God has spoken really clearly about his identity about the truth of who he is. And that's what we're looking at in this teaching series. That's why it's entitled In His Image. Um, So let's have a look at the passage that we've been looking at in which God reveals himself to Moses. I think it's going to come up on the screen. It says this. And he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, is compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for their sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. And so we've looked at what it means for God to be a compassionate God and also for him to be gracious. We did that over the past couple of weeks. And today we're moving on to abounding in love and faithfulness. What it means for God to be abounding in love and faithfulness. And before we can go any further in looking at that, it's really helpful to get some context around those words and what they actually mean. Because as with most, well not most, quite a lot of the words in our English Bible, the translation is not particularly helpful for us. Um, So it's important to go back to the Hebrew. So let's have a look at the word love. Um, It actually is um, from the word hesed, which means covenant loyalty. It's a covenantal term. It means steadfast love, unfailing love, or covenant loyalty. And covenant loyalty is not something that we hear much of today, in today's society, but we will come back to that later. But in essence, it's, um, it's a strong, unbreakable promise and covenant and commitment. Secondly, the word faithfulness is where we're going to spend most of our time today. Um, faithfulness is from the word emet, which actually means truth. 
The word means truth. It's also connected to the word amen, uh, which means so be it. So be it. It It also can be translated as trustworthy. So God really, really wants us to know that he is truth, that he is trustworthy. The word emmet, uh, faithfulness or truth, is actually comes up 126 times in the Psalms alone. So I think we can take note that God really wants us to be aware of his faithfulness and his truth. So he's covenantly truth, he's steadfastly faithful, he's unfailingly trustworthy. And because the word love here is actually used uh, in the context of covenant loyalty, that's why we're going to hover in the word faithfulness this morning, because I believe that that's what God wants us to hear, because his covenant loyalty is directly linked to his faithfulness and his truth. He is abounding in truth. He is literally, covenantally truth. That is who he is for us and to us and with us. And if God is covenantally truth, then what that means is that he literally cannot lie. He cannot lie. It is impossible for him not to be who he says he is. Just as much as I could decide until I'm literally green in the face that I'm a green goblin, it would not change who I am. I could declare it as much as I wanted, but it would not change the fact that I am Mike. I'm a man from Leeds. Just get that in there. (laughs) That is the truth. If God makes a promise, he has to keep it. He literally cannot because he is faithful, which means he is truth. And faithfulness is not a helpful word in today's society because there is actually no other uh, use of the word in today's society that is in, in reference to the way that it's used in the Bible. We can't compare the, true, the two. We can try really, really, really hard to be faithful, to follow through on our promises, um, but we're human, so we mess up. I could tell you that I'm going to show up to your birthday party, but then I've had a really rough week and I just decided that it's just too much for me to follow through on. Marriages sadly break down all of the time because of a lack of faithfulness. People can't follow through on it sometimes. We've just had Valentine's Day and I took a moment to reaffirm to Caroline all my love for her and how much I'm going to love her and never hurt her and all that kind of stuff. But the truth is, I'm, I'm probably going to get it wrong at some point. I can try as much as I might, but we're human and so we make mistakes and so... Sometimes we're not faithful, but God literally doesn't have that option with us. He didn't leave that open. When it comes to his promise, it's a faithful promise. It's a truth promise. So there's literally no earthly use of the word that makes sense. And that's why this teaching series that we're looking at is called In His Image. It's not about looking to ourselves to try and understand more about God. We need to look to him It's the only way that we can find out exactly who he is and we can't compare it to ourselves because he is always faithful because the word means truth. In Psalm 89, uh, verse 33, the psalmist quotes God saying this, I will not take my love from him, nor will I ever betray my faithfulness. He will never betray his faithfulness because his faithfulness is his truth. It's who he is. That's basically all I'm going to be saying for the next 20 minutes. (laughs) Um, Everything that he has said, everything that he will say, everything that he has done, everything that he will do is his truth. At some point it will come to pass. If he has said it, it will happen because he can't make a promise that he can't uphold. There's a film uh, that's one of my absolute favorite films. It's called Liar Liar. I'm hoping that quite a few of you know it. But essentially there's a guy in there who plays a father, Jim Carrey, And he's pretty bad at remaining to his faithful promises. He lies all the time. He doesn't keep up to his commitments. Um, And 
what happens to him is that his boy makes a wish that he could never lie, that everything that comes out of his mouth will be absolute truth. Um, let's just have a look at this clip and see what happens. Brilliant. So it, it would be a lovely world if everybody had an inability to lie and to follow through on what they say they will do and be faithful. But unfortunately, that is not the case. It's not the world that we live in. I, when I was uh, growing up, my um, parents divorced when I was quite young. And then when I was about 15, I started to see my dad again. And so we would have this thing where every other week he would come and pick me up and we'd go to his house and I'd spend time with him. And I would sit um, by the window waiting for him to come. And he would say that he would come at 10 o'clock um, and he wouldn't be there at 10 o'clock. And then I'd call him and he'd say, oh, I'm on my way, I'm just around the corner. And then I'd wait another hour and he wouldn't come. And sometimes, eventually, he would come two, three hours late. Sometimes he wouldn't come at all. And so, so I learned in quite a painful way that us humans are quite poor at keeping to our faithfulness, quite keeping to our promises. And, and what that meant, unfortunately, is that I projected that onto God. Because we, we get hurt by people around us and then we go, well, if other people aren't faithful, then how could God be faithful? But I want us to hear today that we can't allow that to happen. We can't allow it to happen. We can't allow our worldly definitions of faithfulness to define who God is. Because God's faithfulness is his truth. He cannot be anything but truth. Let's call things what they are. Let's call blue a blue, a spade a spade. If, it's a, if it looks like a duck, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's a duck. <laughs> Let's call God, God. Let's call God faithful. Let's call God good. Let's call God truth. He cannot not be truth. Remember the passage that we're looking at in Exodus is not describing characteristics of who God is sometimes. It's, it's who God is. It's his identity. It's who he is. We live in a culture that is telling us to question truth more and more and more, so much so that we've ended up in a place where things that are scientifically true, binary decisions, have become subjective to everybody. We cannot afford for that mentality to seep into our understanding of who God is. He is either inherently true or inherently not. It's a binary thing. It is not subjective. There is nothing that we can do to change that. We can't earn our way to more of his faithfulness. We can't erode away his faithfulness. We can't get in the way of his faithfulness. It's who he is. But faithful and true about what? Can't lie about what? Well, his promises, they are truth to us. He promises to work in all things for the good of those who love him. He promises to forgive our sins if we repent. He promises that nothing can separate us from his love. He promises to set us free. He promises to be working in all things for, for our good, even the, hard time, even the hard times. He promises to be a gracious and loving God towards us no matter what. And because he is truth, anything that contradicts his truth is a flat-out lie. And we need to be aware of that. We need to have our eyes open to the lies that contradict him and his truth. And Sozo is a great thing for that as a, a prayer ministry thing that we operate in this church. And it'd be awesome if any of you wanted to connect to that. But you can do it at your desks too. You can do it tomorrow. If something jars with you, you can go, God, what lie am I believing? Ask him to show you and ask him to speak his truth over it. In Jeremiah 1 verse 12, it says this. The Lord said to me, 
You have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. He's actively working to see that his word, his truth, is worked out just as he promised he would. Notice the word watching, it's an active word. We're the ones that wait. We're the ones that wait for him to come through. But he's taking a look out, he's taking action to make sure that it happens. So my question to us today is what promises do we need reminding us from God today? In fact, let's just take a moment to, to pray into that, if that's all right, if you'll humor me. Maybe just close your eyes. Say, Father God, I pray that you would speak to your children, speak to us, remind us of the promises. We believe powerfully that there's promises that you've spoken over us and the specific ones that people need to be reminded of today. So right now, by the power of your Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and remind us. Amen. So those promises that he's made, it's not, it's not a novel suggestion that he will try really, really hard to keep to. It is fact. And he also makes specific rhema promises. Which I just talked about some big overarching biblical truths about who he is, but he speaks uh, prophetically and uh, significantly to each of us. Some of you I know um, in this church family have had promises of financial provision, of uh, a specific calling, promises of babies, uh, and lots of you are still waiting for them to come true. Well, there's a reminder to you today that if it's a promise from him, it is his truth, and he will come through, he will deliver. And a side note is that Jesus actually also promises that we will come up against troubles and problems in this world. That is actually a promise from God, as hard as that is to hear. John 16, Jesus said, In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. So when, when we face those troubles, it does not mean that he's not being faithful. It means that it's giving him an opportunity to, to deliver us from it. The Bishop of Geneva said this, The same everlasting Father who cares for you today will take care of you tomorrow and every day. Either he will shield you from suffering or he will give you unfailing strength to bear it. So we need to declare his faithfulness over our situations. I'm going to do that a little bit later on. Just going to skip on a little bit because time is getting away. He is abounding in covenant truth and faithfulness. He can't not be. So we need to hang on to his truth. Here's an amazing quote that I found that neatly sums up where we've got to so far. God is true. His word of promise is sure. In all his relationships with his people, God is faithful. He may be safely relied upon. No one ever yet re really trusted in him in vain. We find this precious truth expressed almost everywhere in the scriptures. For his people need to know that faithfulness is an essential part of the divine character. This is the basis of our confidence in him. And here's the amazing thing about God's faithfulness, being part of who he is and his truth, is that he's faithful even when we are not. We can walk away, we can get lost, we can forget, we can take our eyes off him, but it doesn't change the truth that he is inherently faithful, that he is inherently truth. He has always been faithful and he always will be faithful. It goes back to the covenant loyalty that we discussed earlier, his covenantal promise to be to us, to be true to us, and, uh, and his faithfulness that, that cannot be broken. We are human, we make mistakes, we lie, we change our minds all the time. I make promises to God on a daily basis that I don't keep up with. 
He said, if, if, only I can, if, only, if only I could just do this, God, then I'll, I'll, I'll earn my way to you. But it won't change anything. It doesn't change his faithfulness, no matter how many promises I make with him and break. It doesn't change his faithfulness. Timothy 2, uh, verse, uh, t- 2 verse 13 says this, If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. What an amazing truth for us to remember, that he cannot break his covenant. In Genesis 15, um, we hear Abraham having this conversation with God where God promises to give him um, as many children as there are stars in the sky, and God also promises to give Abraham uh, possession of a new land. But Abraham turns to God and says, God, how can I know that you're going to come through on your promise? How do I know that you'll do that? And they do this thing that's called cutting the covenant. And it's what people used to do in Abraham's kind of time. If two people were making a promise to each other, they would do this thing called cutting the covenant um, that would symbol that they were really committed to um, the promise that they were making. And it's a little bit sick, so um, just bear with me. But basically what they would do is they would take a cow, a goat, a ram, a dove, and a pigeon. Uh, They would split them in half, (laughs) and they would line them out in, in a row. And then the two people would walk through the dead animals to say, we're making a commitment to each other, and if either one of us doesn't hold up the commitment, let this happen to me. Let me be split in two. Let my blood be shed, because I've not kept up with my end of the promise. That's what quitting the covenant is called. So Abraham does this with God about this promise for God to give him a new land. But then what happens is Abraham falls asleep and has a dream, and God comes to meet with him in the dream, um, and he shows... um, God shows Abraham the cutting of the covenant with the animals laid out on either side, but God is walking through the animals all by himself, which is God signaling, I will keep my promise to you even if you do not. If you do not keep your promise to me, I will be the one that will shed the blood so that I can keep my covenant promise with you. This promise will last forever. God will ensure that his promises are fulfilled, that his truth withstands, that his will will be done. Even if we aren't faithful, God himself will shed the blood. Deuteronomy 7 verse 9 says this, um, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God, who keeps the covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Covenant love and faithfulness, he will keep his covenant with us. I'm just going to quickly share another story. Um, when, also, when I was uh, growing up, a friend of mine um, called Robert, was, um, he lived over the road. He was my best friend. Um, he was really poorly, though. And, um, but we, you know, we had a great friendship, and I would go and see him all the time. And there was one particular week when I went to see him. And um, I, I went to knock on his door, and we'd arranged to hang out. And, and his family just kept going, oh, he's, he's not here. You, you can't see him. Sorry, he's gone to see his dad. And I was like, that feels really strange. Like, we, I used to go to his dad's with him. I knew that he'd be there. He would never go to his dad's for a whole week. It, something about it felt really strange. And um, anyway, we carried on, and I kept going over and kept saying, is Rob there? Can I come and see him? And, um, and they kept just saying, no, he's not here. You can't see him. And one night, I was um, sleeping, and I, and I woke up, and I remember thinking, this is not right. There's something going on here. It is not right. Um, and so I made a decision that day that the next day I would go around and I would knock on the door and say, what's going on? You need to tell me what's going on. I don't understand. Well, the next day, not only did I find out that um, he had died, 
um, but that he'd been in hospital all week and they decided on my behalf um, that I wasn't going to go and see him to say goodbye um, because they didn't think that was right for me to see him uh, so poorly. Obviously, a decision that they made. But what that did is left me with a, a, a lot of grief about feeling left out and not being um, included in the decision, and I felt so hurt by it. And, and it's actually impacted most of my life and the way that I've um, dealt with situations and circumstances that I've been come up against. But a year ago, I was praying with some friends, and, um, and God revealed to me really powerfully that he was the one that woke me up in the middle of the night to say something is not right. And then when I looked into it a little bit deeper, I realized that not only did he wake me up in the middle of the night, but he woke me up at the moment my friend was dying. And his faithfulness to me in that moment when I didn't even see it, and when I wasn't even walking with him, I didn't even know God at that time, has astounded me to know that he will keep his promise with me to the end of the age, even if I'm not faithful with him. I'm going to skip through a few things because we're running out of time. He will remain faithful against all the odds. We need to remember that. And it's not, it's not about cheap grace. It doesn't mean that we can just run, away, run off wondrously. Um, because the cost was great. Remember the, the blood that God said to Abraham that he would shed. That was Jesus. Jesus paid the ultimate price so that God could keep his covenant with us. He went to the cross and died so that he could keep his promise with us. I really feel like there's some people here today that feel like you've let God down and feel like you're trying to earn your way back to God's faithfulness. Well, you need to know that, that that's a lie. You can't earn your way back. He made a never-ending covenant with you to remain faithful, to remain truthful, to remain to be who he said he is when he died on the cross. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We can bend and change, we can wander away and we can come back, but he will never change. He will always be who he said he is. And that's really hard in the face of reality. When we come up against those troubles that Jesus also promised, you can say, well, what will happen when? Well, God is faithful. I wonder how. Well, God is faithful. I will, I will never survive, but God is faithful. I really, really need to know. God is faithful. You just don't know how difficult. God is faithful. He is truth. It is who he is. If it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's a duck. Let's call blue, blue. The pen is blue. Let's call it blue. Let's call a spade a spade. God is faithful. Let's call him faithful. He is truth. Let's call him truth. Even when we're not, he is truth. And, and I can tell you until I'm blue in the face, but what we really need to do is do some declaring and do some praying. So I'm going to ask the band to come up. We're going to, we're going to sing a song uh, that declares his faithfulness, and then we're going to pray. Um, the song might be familiar to some of you, but it's, it's super simple. So I'm going to invite you to stand, and I'm going to pray quickly. pray. Father God, we thank you that you are faithful. Thank you for your amazing truth. Thank you that there is nothing that we can do to change that. 
And we want to pray now that we would know more of that conviction in our hearts and in our minds. Would you come and, and help us to declare your faithfulness, to declare your truth, to declare your trustworthiness. As, as we sing this song, we believe that things literally change spiritually in our hearts and our minds and our situations. So come, Holy Spirit, power of God, as we sing, as we declare, come and meet with us, come and be who you said you are. Amen.